When we think of heroes, what do we think of? Are they virtuous? Are they morally righteous all the way through? Are they full of nothing but justice and, and goodness? Or do we imagine our heroes as being grittier, more uh, alone, isolated, and perhaps self-indulgent in some way, but still find a way to help the greater good despite their best efforts to just do their own thing? In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about heroes and anti-heroes, and which do we prefer personally, how does it fit into a larger story context, and of course, as always, how does that go into our culture today? So this is Josh J.C. Alfelto, and this is episode 34, Between Heroes and Anti-Heroes, Which Do You Prefer? All right, so this should be a bit of a fun episode for me. Because uh, I'm talking about heroes, and uh, who doesn't? I guess if they're a storyteller or a writer, who doesn't enjoy uh, writing about, creating, or perhaps going along the journey with a hero? I, I, I mean, I I love epic fantasies and science fiction stories as much as the next person, and since they do have such incredible power and influence in our culture, in our society, I mean, the idea of the hero is really embedded very deeply into our into our cerebellum with this is the ideal person that you want to aspire to be it's kind of like the image of, of christ you know the standard of excellence like this is the person you want to aspire to be to be like they I mean they have all the virtues that you would be looking for and that's essentially how you would define the hero you know or just any hero in, in general it could be a person over an extended period of time that shows all the virtues that we would consider to be things that we should aim at, things that we should consider trying to be just like and emulating. Or it could be a one-shot deal. It could be like an event that happens and uh, you know someone jumps into a lake and saves a drowning person or picks up that car miraculously and, and pulls a person out from, from underneath. There are heroic acts that we recognize in our lives and we read about, you know, either in the newspaper or online. Uh, there's there's all these different kinds of attributes that go with being a hero. As for the anti-hero, that's a little bit of a, of a grayer, muddier type of place to try and define. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, also, I'm actually struggling myself, I think, in this episode to come up with the best words as I'm going through this to adequately articulate what is the anti-hero and what does that mean in terms of story, you know, like, you know, do we enjoy the anti-hero more than the hero? So I've, I've kind of run through a lot of the, the characteristics of the hero, for instance, and I know that if you're listening to this, you've, you've started to already kind of picture, like, what does a hero look like to you, right? Uh, I mean, just for example, uh, when I think of heroic acts or just heroes in general, uh, a story that really moved me years ago was I was at an alpha event and the story of uh, a Catholic priest by the name of Maximilian Kolbe, and that's K-O-L-B-E, just really struck me as uh, he was a, a prisoner in Auschwitz during the Holocaust in the 1940s, uh, during the Nazi occupation in Eastern Europe. And uh, during a prisoner breakout attempt, the, uh, the SS officers that were at Auschwitz decided that 10 men were going to go into a bunker and essentially starve to death as punishment for uh, these people that try to get out. And it was just going to be random. It was just going to be random people. It wasn't going to be the perhaps the perpetrators, the ones that actually committed the act. Uh, they were going to essentially just pick 10 random random guys. And at the 10th person, as the story goes, they called the name of a, of a Polish man, 
And when he heard his name called, he cried out, my wife, my children, as though they were out there somewhere and who was going to take care of them is, is, is how this account goes. And in doing that, uh, Maximilian Colby stepped forward and said, I will gladly go in this man's place for I have no wife, I have no children, and I am ready to die as need be. And just just unbelievably powerful story and a true account of what happened during the, the horrific uh, Nazi regime in the 1940s in Europe. But Colby did go in his place. The officers actually allowed it. They permitted it. And Colby was put into this bunker with nine other men. And as uh, again, as the story goes, he led these men in prayer. He led them uh, through positive thinking and, and outlook uh, through the week or two as that went by as they starved to death in this bunker. And Colby actually ended up surviving longer than they anticipated. They actually had to kill him by lethal injection because he was not dying by the conventional means of starvation or dehydration. So it, even that adds to the mythic nature of this man's uh, act of heroism. Just totally, totally moving. And when I heard that, I thought about what it takes to be that heroic. You know, what an incredible story it was. And it's a true account of someone that, that really did something uh, absolutely amazing for someone else. So when we think of heroes, you don't necessarily have to think of Maximilian Colby, but thinking of somebody that commits a selfless act, or maybe they are selfless in some sense. They have this nature about them where they are willing to put themselves to the hazard in place of another person. They see the bigger picture. They know that there's a larger story that's taking place, and they're just trying to play their part in it so that other people can see there is a bigger story to all of this. There's a, there's a bigger perspective that one ought to be taking than what is right in front of your face. Now, that would be a heroic person, a heroic act, and, and like I said, Colby being a real-life version of this. So... Uh, which I, I do want to say real quick that the Polishman did survive Auschwitz. He did actually get out, and I think he passed in the nineteen—I want to say the nineteen nineties—at the ripe old age of like ninety-four or something. I'd, I'd have to go search it and find out, but but I know that he did survive Auschwitz after that, which is just unbelievable. But to segue into the antihero, when we talk about the antihero, what is it? You know, what makes it different? than this great hero like a Maximilian Colby? What, what makes them different than, say, the Iron Mans or the Captain Americas, the Supermans, the Wonder Womans of the world? What is different about the antihero? Well, for instance, the antihero is somewhat defined as somebody that is selfish inherently. They're more self-indulgent. They have their own mission or quest, and they, they don't really want to be part of something bigger than themselves. I think that's the best way to really define the antihero is that they're, they might be on a quest for vengeance, for instance, or perhaps they're just trying to achieve the affection of a love interest, or they're running away from something. Perhaps they're running away from a past wrong that they, they themselves committed, and they don't want to be seen in the limelight, or they don't want to be exposed for it. And in some strange way, even though they've, they've done everything that they can to be left alone, to not be part of the larger story... They end up do becoming part of the larger story and do end up doing things in the end uh, for good. So that's, again, trying to, again, summarize and define the antihero as, as best I can in this episode. That's what I really get out of it when I think of what is the biggest difference between a hero and an antihero as far as, as storytelling is concerned. So 
keeping that in mind as I as I go forward in this, what are we more obsessed with? Just in general, you know, as people, like what do we like more, the hero or the anti-hero? And does it say something about ourselves? I, you know, this is where I always like to look inward and, and reflect a bit. Like, what am I more drawn to? Am I am I more drawn to the Aragorns? You know, the 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 great heroes from Lord of the Rings. Okay, the you know the the ranger who ends up becoming the king of uh, of men in the Lord of the Rings, the classic fantasy story. Or am I more interested in someone like a Wolverine? Now, you know, Hugh Jackman's character from the Wolverine franchise who is, by all accounts, an anti-hero. I mean, he's just trying to get through life. He's trying to get his own out of life. And he just so happens to get sucked up into this larger story and narrative that's bigger than himself. And it's interesting, too, because a lot of times anti-heroes end up having their own code of ethics that they live by, and they can be very unwavering in. So, like, just thinking of kind of like uh, Clint Eastwood's Dirty Harry character, uh, an, an old school uh, sort of cop, you know, who just kind of takes the law into his own hands. They they don't necessarily play by the common rules that everybody else is playing by. They kind of do their own thing. They're not really interested in, in playing by some sort of universal morality. They're more interested in getting their own, which again, back to my original definition of the antihero. And if I'm really honest with myself, when I look at heroes like Aragorn, for instance, who's willing to sacrifice his life for his people, he's willing to put himself out there, you know, committing himself to the dangers that he could die, but he's doing so to show his people a bit of hope in putting himself to the hazard versus like a, a Dirty Harry type character. And uh, which one of those two am I more drawn to? Which one of those two do I want to aspire to be like? Now, I may in my mind intellectually want to aspire to be more like an Aragorn or a Superman or somebody like that. But if I'm totally honest with myself, the idea of kind of taking the law into my own hands and wanting to to do things my own way, to get my own results, is very attractive. It's very alluring. And I originally when I was doing this episode, I, I wanted to kind of set up this scenario where uh, as a very young person, a toddler, you you tend to idolize bigger people in your life. Like my son right now is going to be three, and I and I know he idolizes me, and he always says, "Daddy, you're very strong. Daddy, you're you're so fast, and you can do all these things." and And I love that. I mean, it makes me feel like his superhero, because in his mind, I it's not that I can't do wrong; it's just that I can do everything that he can't. And to him, it's such a big deal. And that's how most little kids are. And even as we grow older, I feel. Uh, you know, I'm only 33, but but even people that are well into their 60s and 70s, like they hold on to these sort of transcendent values, and they they recognize people that that show those sort of great ethics about themselves, where they're very uh, selfless or they're humble, and those things end up being very attractive uh, much later in life because those things actually do matter. They're more they're intangible, but they're also tangible at the same time. It's a very interesting paradox, and yet. I find this unique middle ground or inside space where if we're still kind of sorting out our life and we're trying to figure out where we are in the larger narrative, or maybe we don't even know that we're part of a larger story, we really are just trying to get our own out of life. We're, we're very selfish by nature. We're, we're more self-indulgent. We're not looking to idolize somebody that is squeaky clean or uh, has their life together because we know in ourselves and in our hearts that we are not all together. 
that we don't have everything aligned. And so we kind of gravitate towards this easier picture of the anti-hero where as long as I can do what I want to do, and let's say I, I don't have to run over everybody to do it, but in some cases I might, then I kind of like the anti-hero better. I'm not really interested in being that person that sacrifices everything for the greater good. I'm more interested in myself. And again, if I'm totally transparent and I'm totally honest, sometimes I, I do look at that anti-hero character and I think to myself like, man, if I could just be like Wolverine for one day, if I could just be like this guy that doesn't care what anyone thinks, period, and does his own thing, would I be, would I be able to be happy with myself? Would that be fun? Well, maybe for that day. But then think of all the consequences of your actions. I mean, well, for instance, in, in his case, uh, he had pretty much everybody wanting to kill him, I think, by the end of his own story. Uh, literally zero friends, which uh, which also plays into something that I wanted to unpack in this episode is just this, this idea of isolation. Uh, the antihero, by being selfish, by being self-indulgent, by having a singular focus per se, ends up leading a very lonely existence. Because when we have a very singular goal that is really all about ourselves, we end up cutting out other people from the larger narrative. And we, we ourselves can't be part of the larger narrative. We can't be part of the larger story. We actually inhibit ourselves from being able to see the sort of the greater ethics of, of uh, the human experience. And, you know, in, in my case, again, like I've said before, being, a, you know, of the Christian worldview, I see love as the supreme ethic. And how loving is it if all of your pursuits are just about yourself? I mean, it, that, that's something that I think, again, being a storyteller myself, being a writer, when I look at the grander narratives of things, like I want to be part of the larger story, but I also have my own story in the midst of it, and I have to be very careful, like how am I writing my own story as I live? Am I, am I living out the story of the, of the, again, like the Aragorn, or, or uh, well, I guess in a better sense, like Christ, or am I living out like somebody that is really just out for himself, you know, like The Punisher, for instance, which is one of my all-time favorite cheesy movies, I think, from the early 2000s, was the original Punisher film, not the new series on Netflix. Uh, just my, again, my take on it, very cheesy. But again, it's, it's, it's about a guy who has a very selfish pursuit. He's out for vengeance, and vengeance does not give one peace. You know, it, does, it, it inevitably leads you feeling even more empty inside than it did before when you were trying to fill that void by getting, getting revenge on someone. So before I go down that rabbit hole, I'm trying to bring this back to the main theme of this episode, which is what are we more attracted to? Who are you more attracted to? Are you more attractive and, uh, to, or do you relate more to the, to the heroic character or do you, do you gravitate more towards the antihero? And again, I, I, I want to bring one more topic to the table here on this, on this as I'm talking about who you gravitate towards because if you're a teenager or if you're someone who lived through your teenage years and you're listening to this, I think we can all say that if you live through your teenage years, you recognize how tumultuous that time of your life can be. I mean, there's just so many things happening at once. You're trying to fit in. There's clicks everywhere. You're just trying to maybe go out with somebody, you know, break the seal, get your first kiss, perhaps, um, you know, ask out that person or get asked out by that person that you're, you're hoping will ask you out. 
you want to be accepted, be part of something bigger than yourself, not just yourself. There's incredible pressure to be a part of your peers, but also be individual. And that really doesn't change so much as an adult, but it's so much more intensified, I think, when you're a teenager. So it's no wonder to me that I think when you look at a lot of young adult fiction, uh, say like the Divergence series, which was very popular, you you have characters that are trying to fit into a larger community, but they're doing so under their own terms because they want to be part of something. And if you've ever read Divergent, it is a um, in terms of a young adult fantasy, it deals with this idea of being a part of a group and ultimately being accepted for who you are and what makes you who you are. And the, I believe the main character in the story, I think her name is Beatrice, she chooses a group that everybody didn't want her to choose, but she chooses it anyway. She chooses a group that no one else wanted her to be a part of, but she chooses it because she kind of wants to prove to herself that she can be part of this group. And in some sense, she makes the choice of being an anti-hero because she's out for herself. She's not really picking what's best <coughs> by what her parents would want for her or her family. She's picking what she wants to do. And again, as a teenager or, or someone that's still kind of emotionally sorting this thing out in their life and they're trying to figure out where they fit in the big, the big picture of things, this becomes the forefront of our story. And as I, I wrap all this up and I, I kind of think a little bit more about the kinds of heroes and characters that I write about, I just want to think about like what does our current culture idolize or strive for in terms of do we do we idolize the heroes or do we idolize anti-heroes? And in and in past episodes, I've actually talked about how we we've kind of almost tended to uh, romanticize or fall in love with evil in some sense. Like this term "dark," for instance, that I I get I see is thrown around quite a bit in fantasy fiction, sci-fi. Uh, there was even a show on Netflix recently called "Dark," which actually was quite good. I thought. Uh, it's, it's a more mature version of Stranger Things uh, in that it follows the lives of adults rather than kids. I mean, there are some kids in the story, but that's a whole other whole rabbit hole to go down. But, but this concept that darkness is somehow good for us and it's less bad, more good, we, we kind of, in, in a some sense, become comfier and more cozy with the idea that darkness and the things that come with it are not as bad as we once thought. So we, we turn away from the ideas or the ideals of what is truly good, what is truly honorable, and, and, and speaking truisms. You know, we, we kind of see that as being something that like only older people do, or perhaps only those that are willing to completely give up themselves for the sake of something else. And strangely enough, I think a lot of maturity has, has much to do with this, which is why I mentioned how, again, if you're a teenager listening to this, I'm not trying to put you down or anything. I'm just saying, I know what you're going through. It's a tough time of your life. You're trying to fit in, but you also want to be yourself. Just just stay at it. Just understand that that time will pass in your life. But again, what is it that, uh, that we are doing as a society when it comes to, to heroes? You know, what do we see as being our ideals? Like, what are the chief ideals that we look for in others? And, uh, and in ourselves and what, how we project that into, you know, into our peer groups and into our communities. So uh, lots to chew on in this episode, obviously. Uh, so I hope you've really enjoyed it. 
I, I think there's a lot more to unpack there, and I, I may do a little bit more of it in the coming weeks, just kind of unpacking this concept of what does it mean to be heroic uh, in the context of being a storyteller and in our own stories of our own lives uh, as we turn inward there. And uh, the antiheroes and the villains that we encounter, are they really villains in our own life? And how do we interpret what is what is bad for us and what is good for us? So uh, I'm excited to talk about some of those things in later episodes. So I hope you guys are enjoying. And one last thing before I go, I did want to plug uh, some cool stuff I'll be doing here soon. On June 15th, so that'd be this coming Friday, 2018, I will be doing a co-Facebook Live launch for a friend of mine, Dr. Robert Snyder, who just announced that he will be launching his new book, which is Why Did Daddy Have to Leave?, uh, which is uh, the continuation from his first book, which is What is a Veteran Anyway? Uh, Dr. Snyder is a uh, Iraqi war veteran, and he just happened to be someone that I, I bumped into, rubbed shoulders with at a, uh, at a book signing event back in Pennsylvania uh, a little over a year ago. So uh, Dr. Snyder has published another children's book, and I love his stuff. It's, it's, it's really good. And, and just the fact that he kind of turns the head on what does it mean to be a veteran and, and what does a veteran look like? Because Dr. Snyder is very young. Okay. He's, you know, when we think of veterans, we kind of envision the World War II vets, the, the gentlemen or the, or the women that served in some context that are in their 80s or 90s now. And uh, Dr. Snyder is, is not in his 80s or his 90s. So, so I, I, I give him much props for this idea that he's brought to fruition. Uh, so I think it was a good way to end this episode. Talk, speaking of heroes, I mean, Dr. Snyder's one of them. So I'll be uh, looking forward uh, to helping him launch that book to do a Q&A live. Uh, that'll be next Friday, June 15th, 2018. I look forward to doing that with him. We'll be on there, I think, around 11 is when we've decided to do it. But I'll be announcing that later on my blog or Twitter or, or Facebook. There's a lot of different ways I, I try to get a hold of you guys. So I'll, I'll be out there. So anyway, uh, thanks for checking in with me this week everyone and i'll look forward to catching up with you again next week so uh or at the q a so again this is josh jc alfelto for the writer's lens i'll catch up with you again soon Bye.